Hello, and welcome to Leading Inspired Learning, a Strive podcast. Welcome. My name is Olivia, and I'm a professional learning assistant here at Strive, and I will be your host for today's podcast episode. I'm so thrilled to share with you our guest for this episode, Mike Massey, also known as Mindful Mike. Mike is a mindfulness consultant, public speaker, a best-selling author who specializes in mindfulness-based stress reduction, and is honestly one of the most coolest, authentic people I've ever met. This episode is just the beginning of our journey with Mike, and I will be sure to share with you more details about upcoming events with Mike a little later in this episode. Mental health and well-being are essential for everyone, and we believe it's time to start taking care of our minds like we take care of any other organ in our body. Today, we will dive deeper into our personal and professional journeys of practicing mindfulness and the importance of self-care and setting boundaries. Join us as we share our honest thoughts, experiences, and moments of laughter with you enjoy without further ado welcome mike just maybe start with introducing yourself what you do and sure and yeah well i teach mindfulness full-time i've been doing full-time for almost 10 years now uh part-time and full-time combo of almost 15. i but i never like went to the guidance counselor saying like hey i want to be a mindfulness teacher Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it was never on my radar like for me, I got into mindfulness because I needed mindfulness for my self-care, my wellness. You know, my background is working in social services, working frontline. You know, mm-hmm. I had, I had a little stint here in London. I worked at the Boys and Girls Club of London oh, actually yeah. for a while. I love that gig. Still love what they do. Uh, you know, I went to Barry, worked at York Region Children's Aid. That job, like, basically tore me apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is the job of at 25 being a legal guardian of 19 kids yeah. just too much right like i was still in my party stage you know i wasn't i had no, yeah. we had no my wife and i had no kids we both had government gigs you know we both had good gigs but i had no skills on how to handle my stress mm-hmm. right and that job you're always on you know yeah. and, and in my life like i'm a pretty fun chill dude and most people like me right yeah but when you're a guardian of someone's kid they're not really like a huge fan of mm-hmm. you you know what i mean yeah so that to me that was really hard and challenging right and i didn't have any healthy skills on how to handle any of that like what i'm seeing or hearing every day yeah right so i got i got into this routine of well come friday saturday sunday like that's like party mode and that's like a good reset Mm -hmm. and then come monday it was or come sunday typically i'd be worried about like what am i going into monday tuesday wednesday yeah right and then on my hour drive in on the 400 from barry to york region (laughs) i'd be thinking like, what am I doing and what's gonna happen? And this person's gonna say this thing to me. And what if they do that? And what if they do this? And I just felt like constantly overwhelmed yeah. with situations. But even on the outside, people were like, man, this guy is a really good social worker. He's like, you know, he's great with the kids. And, and all my team was like, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. But inside, I was like, you've no idea yeah. <laughs> what's going on. Man. Oh, I, that inner dialogue. You know? And yeah. I was like, you've no freaking idea oh what, my gosh. what's going on yeah. inside. And I had to get home and my wife, you know, my wife uh, at that time was working in a sports medicine clinic as a physio and I get home from work and she's like, how's your day? And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you think? Yeah. Right? It sucked. Yeah. Like I heard this awful thing happen to a child. You know, this parent yelled at me, this foster parent literally tried to fight me. Like, how do you think it went? Yeah. I just I just felt like I can't do this forever, right? Yeah. Which you know put me in a, a weird uh, situation because I went to school for five years to do this mm-hmm. job, and here I am, like you know that time it's a fifth of my life. Yeah. Where I'm thinking like this is what I want to do, and I prayed every day I'd get that job, and yeah. then I got it. <laughs> and then and I was you're like, like, what? Is yeah, I'm like this isn't what I signed up. I didn't learn about this in school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then it got to this weird weird spot where I was 
very unhappy with my gig, mm-hmm. very happy with like my friends, my relationships, and all that yeah. stuff, but feeling handcuffed on like what do I do, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and, and I was not like the best student because I, I really only attended school, especially in Windsor when football season was on. Yeah, and I got 162 truancies, I think it was in grade 10, which basically means I didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't really comfortable. Or, or the group that I shared, you know, friendships with, I wasn't comfortable really talking about like, hey, this I'm really stuck in this job, I don't mm-hmm. what I should do, right? I just kind of thought I gotta, gotta figure it out or just suck, kind of suck it yeah. up. And that, I think, led me to really kind of going inward and being caught in fear mm-hmm. quite a bit, right? So my wife got a job offer to come closer to home because her parents, or both her parents were in London at the time. And so she got a job offer in Stratford. So we said, let's go, right? So we moved to Stratford. Mm-hmm. Right then and there, I just knew I had to start getting into something that yep. would give me some stress, right? Because yeah. I was going to go back to working with people again, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I got into uh, mindfulness really kind of by accident through uh, yoga, right? And I was just lying down in Shavasana. Yeah. And I had this, like, realization, like, whoa, I'm, I'm actually here for a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. right? I'm not really stuck in what might happen tomorrow or... Yeah rehashing what I should have done or what I should have went to school for or something, you know? Yeah. And we went out for lunch, and my wife goes, you know, because the server kind of messed up an order, and I was just kind of, like, chill with it. And she goes, like, who's that? And I'm like, what? She's like, you handled that situation, like, really well. And I was like, what? She's like, well, you didn't get, like, angry or, like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I think that, like, meditation yoga stuff's working. Kind of helping a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I'm outwardly mean to people, but I get annoyed pretty easily. And she was like, I just think you're just, like, more, like, yeah. you know, chill, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if Jen sees this, yeah. we've been together since, you know, we're 16, so she knows me wow. very well, Aww. right? And uh, so I thought, well, if she's seeing this, they're, they're, and I'm seeing it, then there's something to it, mm-hmm. right? Even though I'm a, like, huge data nerd, and I've read all, the, you know, the books about how it's going to change your mind and your blood yep. pressure, but having that, like, experiential learning, I was yeah. like, holy, you know, bleep, this is it to yeah. me. So then I, I started putting more energy into meditating and, mm-hmm. and making time for it and being okay with like not being great at it. And then I took an eight-week course, the MBSR program, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program. So I took that program and it totally changed my life. Like that week four, I was driving in a car and a song came on that was like, just would have brought up a memory, but it kind of brought me to like past and mm-hmm. gone into the cycle of the thoughts and you know spend some time there. And for the first time ever, I was like, oh, that's a thought. Like, that's not even a fact, Yeah, right? It's just something that happened. Yeah. Or in the future might happen, but it's not happening. And I remember going like, whoa, that's crazy. So then I stopped, because <laughs> I was near my, my uh, teacher's house. So I stopped and knocked on his door. And he came down, he's like, Mikey, what's up, man? I'm like, dude, I'm not my thoughts, man. Oh. I'm not my thoughts. And he was like, whoa come in for tea yeah <laughs> tell know? me everything exactly so we just you know we unpacked it we just unpacked that's like what an aha moment you know then that led yeah. to me wanting more of that in like every area of my mm-hmm. life so i started bringing at that time i was working um for addiction company or you know, an agency nonprofit, yeah. and i was running a drop-in center for street youth mm-hmm. right and so i started bringing the mindfulness into the street youth when mm-hmm. i started using it i started teaching yoga groups there started doing mindfulness groups and people just started like showing up and coming, right? And then that led to school boards being like, hey, can you come talk to our EAs about mindfulness? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, why not? And then I started running meditation groups after school, right? So yeah. like, you know, these kids that were typically getting suspended or you know high risk, they would 
be suspended and ask if they can still come to Wednesday's meditation group, right? Wow. And they'd be asking like heavy lifting stuff, like, hey, can we, can I do that self-compassion meditation? Mm -hmm. Can we do that forgiveness meditation? And I was thinking, man, if these kids are doing it, like, I think anyone can do this, yeah. right? So it always kind of came from like, well, of course they're gonna do it because they trust me and I do it yeah. and I don't look like a meditation teacher. You know, I walk around six foot, 220 covered in tattoos using choice words. It's just not typically what people think, you know what yeah, I mean? And I, I get that all the time. I think it's more, you know, approachable, more relatable. Like totally. It doesn't sound, seem, you know, you're just another average person. Exactly. Walking next, next to them down the street rather right. than someone that might look a little more intimidating. Totally. And yeah. I, I think that's the weird thing too, right, is that people always ask me, are you happy that mindfulness is like so popular now? My answer is actually no because it's, it's watered down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started teaching 15 years ago, yeah. it was – my standard of like where I studied and like who I learned from, it was, you know, there was like a, a lot going on, mm -hmm. right? Like and I did a year long study in California with John Kabat-Zinn and Jack Kornfield and Linda Lantaneri and, you know, I've trained with Kirsten Neff. And like, I taught the MBSR program, which is for you know, almost three years, which is at 700 hospitals, right? So like, wow. for me, it came from this place of like really strict. Mm -hmm. but now I have so many people, <laughs> the amount of people I get DMing me or calling me and be like, hey, I want to be a meditation teacher. My first question is, like, what's your practice like? And yeah. they go, why well, I, I, I don't practice. I'm like, call me in three years. Yeah. Okay, because you can't teach what you don't know. No. Right? It's like when a school board calls me. Like, yeah. I turn down thousands of dollars every year because school boards call me and say, I want you to come talk to our school. Like, mm -hmm. talk to 1,200 students, talk to 800 students, talk to 10 classrooms. Yeah. And my first question always is, are we doing anything with the parents or are we doing anything with the teachers? And they say, well, we don't have money for that. I'm like, well, that it's, it's literally a waste to bring Mindful Mike in, right? Yeah. And to do some workshops with the students. And then I leave because when I leave and if that's it, mm -hmm. then in my man purse or in my backpack where I'm carrying that day, the mindfulness usually leaves with me. Yeah. Right? If we get something going on with the community, right, like the parents, that's yeah. often what I recommend. We do a Mindfulness 101 parent program. We offer maybe a three- or four-week session online for support for them. Mm-hmm then they can use mindfulness for their life and yeah. their stress, right? Yeah. And then they can work about, then they can talk to yeah. their children about it, right? And I, th I feel the same way with educators as I do I feel the same way with teachers and, totally. you know, and support staff, that if you speak the language, it is so much easier to implement it. Because mm -hmm. you're, if you're comfortable with stillness and the awkwardness that it is to be still and yeah. your own judgments that come up, but also if you're able to experience that you're able to talk about the discomfort when a child says hey meditating is boring yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. this sucks or i can't do this yeah. if you've had that experience then you can speak about it yeah when i first started practicing mindfulness i was uh very against it mm, sure, <laughs> i yeah. i found it so difficult and what i thought mindfulness was was sitting down meditating you know nothing happening around you that mm -hmm. picture that you see on the internet and i was like i am not capable of doing that it was so challenging for me i'm always in my head and i was very willful against it until i started to learn more about it and learn that it's not just meditation it's exactly. being present in that moment i was in in treatment for some mental health challenges when i was younger and so mindfulness was one of the one of the groups mm -hmm. that we had and when you were talking about the importance of families also learning what the children were learning that was like essential in my in my recovery because mm -hmm. my parents had they not learned what I was learning I was learning whole language that mm -hmm. my peers don't know I mm -hmm. felt so disconnected from everybody because 
it was great that I was learning all these skills, but they're not being taught in like your typical school environments. Totally. And so when I would try and talk to my friends or I would try and use coping skills, like they thought I was talking in gibberish. Mm-hmm. And so it was so impactful for my parents to have the opportunity to learn the same skills that we were doing. And now our entire family, like <laughs> we talk about all these skills and my mom, now she is a yoga instructor as oh, wow. well and practices mindfulness. and. So does my brother. And the interesting thing is we all practice it in different ways. And right, I think yeah. that's what's so cool is the fact that totally. you can have the same experiences of learning these skills and take away what works best for it's, you. Exactly. Yeah. Because mindfulness for everybody is different. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, me personally, my own like my own private practice, I would only sit minimum of 20 minutes to like an hour every night. And my idea was if it's not 20 minutes sit, it's not really worth it to me. And then one time I was in a rush and I only had 10 minutes. So I thought, okay, let's just try 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, that's pretty powerful. Right. So I went from this like traditional, more formal practice to now I think my practice is more informal where Mm -hmm. I'm using my practices on my drive here. Yeah. You know, like I'm just being kind of present with that drive. Right. Or when I'm with my children in particular, my my wife, I'll make the intent of like the other day, pick up my son from school. Right. My wife's a clinic director. She has a pretty busy schedule. I make my own schedule so I get to be primary parent most mm-hmm. of the time. As long as I'm not on the road, I get to like pick up my kids from school, do that whole thing, right? Yeah. Which I love. Most of the time. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a right? good statistic. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's my own data. But so I pick up my kids and my youngest Bo goes, Daddy, can we go back and play some soccer? I'm like, Yeah, dude, for sure. Even though I have invoices and like a million things to do, yeah. right? But I'm like, Yeah, I wanna be with Bo. You know, it's only so much longer until they don't want to hang out with dad, yeah. right? <laughs> so we're playing soccer. And my mantra in soccer was like, be here with Bo. Yeah. Right, you know, with like tax season and all that crap I hate doing comes up my mind and go, yep, thought, come back to like being with Bo. Yeah. So when people ask me like, why do you meditate? That's why. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't meditate, I love, I love meditation. I love what meditation has brought me. Yeah. Right, I love what it's brought me in, in, the, in the arena of my mind of not living in the future and giving people all this crap yeah. that's never happening. So you know, like it's, I used to just be a, I used to, I used to just live in what might, may, or could. Yeah. Right. And now I'm just like, yeah, that's a future mic problem. Yep. You know what I mean? Like even something as little as on our drive here, you know, we're, we're going to Kevin Hart later tonight. Right. So we have like dinner at five. So we're doing like a whole family event. My kids are, you know, they're staying at my <laughs> in-laws. Right. So I told everybody we need, daddy needs to leave at 945. Yeah. Like it's 51 minutes door to door here. You know, I'm a planner, have it locked in, right? <laughs> Maybe 55 minutes of the traffic's crazy. But yeah. let's give myself an hour and 20. I know what London traffic's like, right? So as we're driving here, you know, there's like ambulances and mm-hmm. a fire truck. And I'm like, okay, so like, what happens if I'm late? That's like really rude. Then my mind goes, da, 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 da. It's like, stop, we're not late. Yeah. Right? Like, let's come back to the here. What's in the present moment? Well, I'm a little anxious and I don't want to waste people's time. So like, I can work with those things in the yeah. present moment. Old me would have been anxious the whole friggin' ride about being late. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My wife's like on the way, what are they gonna ask you? I'm like, I don't know. I'll talk to her when I get there. She's yeah. like, what but what area of conversation? I'm like, probably mindfulness, my yeah. love. Like that's probably what they brought me in for. That's yeah. The, the one thing I know really yeah. well is, the whole, is that. The whole time I was prepping for this too, I was like, I need to I'm I'm similar. I was like, I need to have all these questions and yeah. things like that and I was chatting with the team and they're like, it's a conversation. Like, yeah. Just let it flow the way that it happens. Totally. Be mindful, be present exactly. in that moment and just like listen and chat. And I was like, okay, I can do that. It makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, so 
hospitals and health units in particular are my favorite when I go in and they say the day before or two days before they go can you send me your slides to print off yeah and I go I don't have any slides to print off <laughs> and then they go but you can feel like I can yeah. feel the energy that they're like it's too like, late to oh, cancel no. this guy <laughs> he's already coming yeah like who hired them oh, right geez. so then I get there they're like oh you're Mike Massey I'm like yeah I'm from Mike what's up and then no slides no slides and then a lot of the time any PowerPoint no PowerPoint yeah they're like what are you going to talk about? I'm like, mindfulness. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but how are you going to, I'm like, it's in my mind. <laughs> and this is why I say to people, like I was just doing a workshop, I did a couple of workshops this past week, but I had a fairly large one. And someone in the audience said like, so you're not using any PowerPoint? I was like, no, I don't need it. Because when I was asked about this six months ago, how am I supposed to make a PowerPoint to this audience? Yeah. Who haven't met the audience yet. Yeah. Right? So for me, I've done one talk ever by follow PowerPoint, I'll never do it again because it felt really stale and didn't feel organic to yeah. me. Right, the information's in here, yeah. right? If I'm doing a full day, I might bring a couple, like I was doing one in Windsor, it was a three-day workshop, and in three days I used six slides. Oh, <laughs> you know, goodness. just, oh, this one's an interesting data one, check it out, everybody. <laughs> but what I like to do is I like to have conversations with people on like why they're in attendance. Yeah. Right, like, why did you come to this talk? You know, like I was, I was doing one in Hamilton on um, Wednesday, and, this couple came from Kitchener. And I was like, well, that's nice of you to like make the drive. You know, there was like a small group of mindfulness oriented humans. And I said, you know, so why'd you come? They're like, well, you know, you said this one thing to me like five years ago, and it just resonates with me. And I was like, oh, cool. Can you share that with me? And he said, you said to me that mindfulness is disruptive. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and it is. <laughs> and he goes, it disrupts. When I bring my presence, it disrupts like my thought. Yeah. When I'm like angry, it can disrupt that anger. Yeah. Right. So I left going like, this is a crazy gig I have. You know, I, I left a really secure gig. I left my job when I was 30. Yeah. Uh, and I had six weeks vacation as a 30 year old with, you know, benefits and all that stuff people want. Yeah to go to pursue teaching people how to breathe for a living is a real, <laughs> it's a really, really, really weird career choice, to be honest with you, right? Hey, it but happens. it's worked. Yeah, you clearly. Know, often we're at weddings and stuff and people are like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I have my own business. And they always want to know what the business is, yeah. of course, right? And uh, I have, sometimes I have them guess. Yep. They're like, are you a tattoo artist? I'm like, no. They're like, are you a writer, like a comedian writer? I'm like, no. But I'm like, I'll take those. I teach meditation. They go, and that's it? <laughs> Or else I have a consultant. Yeah. What kind of consultant? Stress management, right? But they go like, "That's what does your wife do?" Like as if, like what I do, can make fun. money, yeah. right? And so, no, I assure you, like I've made a living for a long time doing this. And they and how uh, often we get that? Like, yeah. How do you right? Well, I talk to people that want to be talked to. Yeah. You know, when I when I talk to six hundred people, like I did recently at a school board, they had to be there for seven hours. Mm -hmm. I know that not as fun as I am, that not everyone in attendance wants to be with me for seven hours yeah right which is an intense energy to to navigate yeah. to be honest but i just i focus on the people that want to be there yeah. you know like someone like yourself in attendance who gets it yeah right or someone who maybe doesn't have your experience yeah right but like any human is stuck in the future or past 50 yeah. percent of their time roughly 49.6 yeah. percent of the time when people start nodding their head when i start talking about how often i used to be in my thoughts and how often yep. i used to beat myself up and they're nodding their head, that's what I focus on, and yeah. that's what I talk to. And it takes time, like for those that, you know, I, I know like mandatory PD is, is challenging mm. for some people, but 
sometimes you need to be faced with something that you don't know you need. Totally. And it's just that one spark, and that's totally. just the beginning of their journey. And they might, you know, like myself, be mm-hmm. like really hesitant, reserved, and mm-hmm. kind of, kind of shut down, but still have their ears perked up a little bit. Totally. And then as those conversations continue, like we're going to be lucky enough to have with you, hopefully, you know, that will continue to, just plant the seed. Exactly. Well, and that's that's the idea to me, right? And yeah. no matter what age I work with, I was just saying this to um, some professionals recently. You know, I was working with some child centers, right? And I love going in there because, or, or JKSK, you know, because they look at me like, who is this yeah. guy in our space, man? <laughs> like, you know, they're always like, who are you? You're so you have cool. tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Like, your arms are colorful. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. And then I always, like, try to rub it off. Doesn't like, pretend, disappear. Like, they're like, whoa, right? But I just, I love working with those age of little humans all the time. But it's funny because I, I realized when I was getting ready for this um, talk I have for two hospitals next week. I talk about the same stuff, just mm-hmm. in different language. Yeah. You know what I mean? With like the little three-year-olds, yeah. four-year-olds that I do with, you know, the professionals. Yeah. Right. It's it's really about how we experience being a human, and that's physically, emotionally, or mentally. Yeah. And then how we navigate those three areas. Right. Right. Like you know, I came. We're right now. I'm piloting this um, poster program that we're doing. It's like I'm super stoked about it. Way more stoked than my my. I, you know, I had a book come out. Well, you guys know. You guys got a bunch. Uh, in two, I think. September twenty one. I should know this kind of stuff, but I don't. I I, I just kind of do my project and move on. To be honest, Andy gets right? angry, right? Yeah, Andy gets there angry. There we go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> at least yeah, you know the name. Thank you. Yeah, I did great. You know, it was like a bestseller on Amazon. But dealing with a publishing company is like it just it's. I like to do my own thing. Yeah. And that's why I would probably work for myself. To be yeah. honest, right? So this project, my artist Emily and I, um, who's been one of my best friends and an incredibly talented artist, we came up with this idea. Of going in and, and you know in centers and and for JKSK up to grade three to create these posters yeah. that teach mindfulness in four different ways because mm. just like you said you nailed it you know how many minutes ago that mindfulness looks different for everybody yeah. right because when I go in there if I tell anyone to close their eyes and meditate there's a natural resistance because the average human is uncomfortable in their own mind yeah you know when we look at cell phones podcasts you know take anything anything social media right. Our mind is now so used to going out, 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 out. Yeah. So I know, because I teach this full time, that it's nearly impossible to have everybody buy in if I'm saying sit down and close your eyes. Yeah. Right? Especially if there's trauma. That's another whole other story. Yeah. Right? So what I typically have people do is when I go into, like, let's say I go into, you know, a preschool room, right? I'll bring a drum. I'll do some dance moves right and yeah. I'll have them stop and listen to me take a deep breath in move 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 stop and they're like this big guy's doing it I can do it right <laughs> and it's like it's this like little magic that yeah. they're like and then I'll go from busy 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 to like transitional slower time yeah. and then slower to like sitting and the next thing you know we're lying on the floor breathing put our hands on our chest right mm. and the, the posters it's been really neat because we've, we've piloted over a hundred at a hundred different sites so far in Simcoe and, and, th- and other areas and it's been so neat because the four posters teach mindfulness in four ways. The first way is be busy. So we have three exercises on how to teach mindfulness through movement. I okay? love that, yeah. Then we have the next poster, which is um, it's green. It's a be here, which are typically ones that are used for transitions. Like my rocket ship breathing is like a classic mindful mic, very popular one where kids put their hands like in prayer position but near their chest. They bring up to the top of their head and then like blow yeah. out like they're a rocket ship. And then squat all the way down and go all the way up and stand tall and do yeah. that over and over again. That's a very popular one that I use for transitions, you know, before and after snack or yeah. lunch or outside time, right? Kind of come back in. So we have like 
the the transition posters. Then we have the be still posters, which is three exercises on how to be still. Right. So we have stress ball breathing from Andy gets angry. Yep. We have dragon breath, which is the most popular, where these you know breathe in these big dragon wigs come out. You breathe out. You imagine that like blowing out that yeah. anger, that frustration, and kind of more of like the body scan, but a, a child version of it, what I call calm, like chest, arms, legs, mm-hmm. right mind. And then the last one was this like be kind poster where it's three exercises of self-compassion, hmm. right? So it's the first one, you know, like the, and all of them were my kids in the videos demonstrating them, right? Too, Aww. like <laughs> not just the posters. They're, my kids were actually on the posters too and drawing and they're all like neon and cool and vibrant. But there's this, there's this one um, called teddy bear breathing, right? Where you hold the stuff that you're a teddy bear, like you hold it like it's hurt or it mm-hmm. needs love, and you wish it compassion or love, and then you hold that you hold the teddy bear like you'd hold yourself if you're sad, mm-hmm. which is like <laughs> watching little kids hold themselves yeah. and saying "I love you, I love you, love you" is like mind melting. It's yeah. it just, it's honestly magic. Oh. So we have like that one. We have one called Happy Mind, which is more of like a gratitude practice okay. for a little human yeah. and then we have one that's butterfly breathing right but the whole idea is that it gives them these 12 exercises that go from like busyness to yeah. still so then the educator or teacher or staff has our booklet which has 28 pages so they can just read the script yeah so simcoe's been saying kids been going up and just saying up pointing they know what they and, want and they do it Amazing. and if the staff's uncomfortable like obviously someone like yourself you wouldn't need the book you would just do it in the way that resonates with you yeah. right for the children in particular, but a lot of people who don't have you or my experience yeah. or a third or, or a tenth of still. that, yeah. right, can just read the script. Yeah. But what else can they do? Well, they can scan it with their phone or iPad or whatever, and it goes to QR code, goes to me teaching it. Wow. So the idea is, we want I and Emily when we sat down and we met with centers or when we met with people who've been doing the work for a long time, and we actually gave children two options. And whatever one they picked, we we made on we made on yeah. the poster because we wanted like we're stupid if we don't listen to the people that we're serving exactly right. Listen to the and children. it's been so interesting because the feedback has been there's really no barriers to people teaching because before I would go into a center, let's say a center would hire me for 12 weeks, yeah. right? I would do eight weeks of training for their staff for them mm-hmm. for their mindfulness and how they can train their mind to be nice to themselves, yeah. right? Because of burnout, because you know a lot of a lot of humans that do this work need to have a secondary income, yeah. right? You know, the sh- I don't think our culture puts the stress uh, and the importance on what these people are actually doing yeah. with raising and helping raise and make sure little humans are safe, yeah. right? So like in the pandemic, I think we did, uh, in Ontario in particular, did a great job of like thanking certain uh, first responders, yeah. right? But I think we left out the population that was working with little humans yeah, because definitely. those little humans needed people to, to watch them yeah. and the problem was working with educators would say mike i was just worried going into work that i was i was going to bring something home sick to my family or vice versa to little ones yeah plus dealing with the mental health attached to like little humans big humans yeah. and, adult, and they're adults in a stressful time yeah. plus the never changing ppe mm-hmm. right like all the mandates then you know being short staffed is a was always an issue yeah. but now it's like it's massive right yeah huge which huge then affects struggle. sleep issues for people because then they're worried about how what their day is going to be like tomorrow yep. and we're like we're not at tomorrow yet yeah you know i had a manager for i won't say what center but uh a county i work with and she's like i got two hours sleep last night i said why should we eight staff sick oh. and i knew that going into it monday and you're just thinking about it all night that's long. it so all then so long. then you're mad at yourself that you're not going to sleep yep because you're ticked off at yourself 
So because of all these posters, we now have a, we're now in a development of an adult poster, amazing, a fifth that's one to go with it. So necessary, right? Because because that's I, I thought well that's that's what I missed there with this poster. Yeah. Is that we have twelve exercises for kids. We need twelve exercises for adults. Yeah. Right. Like you said, they, we need to learn together. We have to. Yeah. You know, so one, so Emily was actually over yesterday. We have fun Fridays, right? So we have. Usually, just I met Emily through jujitsu, right? So we met through jujitsu. So we usually do jujitsu in the morning. Then we come home on Friday, and we usually have a full work day where we both work on like art, whatever artwork we're working yeah. on, right? So right now, we currently we have three more books in the works on this poster project. So we usually, you know, dedicate X amount of hours to doing that. And we're working on it yesterday, and she's showing me what it looks like, and it's so beautiful because one of the adult practices, the informal practice, is what I refer to as a desk practice that when you're at work, how can you be present? So the, the, the imagery is really beautiful. It's of um, an educator at a table doing something with children and the practices are focusing on being there That's amazing. with the kids. Yeah. You know, and for me, that as a parent really resonates. You know, like mm -hmm. I remember one of my son's teachers was taking a program through the hospital and she said, we're using your self-compassion meditation. She's like, actually, we're using a lot of your meditations throughout the eight weeks, but she's like, we're using your self-compassion right now. She's like, I've been doing it every day for four weeks. So I thought, wow, like this, this human who's with my child seven, oh. you know, seven hours a day yeah. for five days a week is before she goes into work is telling herself that she loves herself and telling herself that she's, you know, worth this time and telling herself yeah. that she's important. That to me is how I'd like all my teachers yeah. <laughs> and people to interact <laughs> with people. Because yeah. I think, I don't think I know. Yeah. I know that from that experience, the more someone is open to loving and holding themselves in the way that they love and hold someone that, that they love, yeah. right? It's a game changer, yeah. right? When I take care of myself and I do the 11 things every day that I wanna do for myself, okay? My rule is 80-20. Mm -hmm. So if I get 80% of those done in the day, I win the day. If I do that more than I don't in the week, which is four days, then I win the week, mm -hmm. right? And if I do that three weeks out of the year, I win the month, yeah. right? I do that seven months a year, I win the year. That's, yeah. how, that's how my mind works with everything, Yeah. okay? And I look at this for self-care. If I practice more than I don't, then I'm winning. Yeah. Right? If if I'm doing that, I promise you, and you can bring my wife in here and ask her and my kids, when I am practicing and I'm filling up my cup and I'm golfing and I'm exercising and I'm eating right yeah. and I'm doing my practices, even though I'm working 60-hour weeks sometimes or 70-hour weeks with travel, yeah. I am way more pleasant to be around mm -hmm. and I am way more present with the people that want me to be there. Yes. Right? Yeah. And most importantly, I'm more responsive instead of reactive. Yeah. And I think that when people can understand that this is not a fad, that I believe in 100 years from now, we'll look at this and go, I can't believe people didn't meditate every day. Mm -hmm. The data doesn't lie, right? Yeah. But I can say, hey, there's science dating back from 1979 yeah. that says when we practice this, it changes how we see and perceive our stress, or it yeah. changes your blood pressure, your resting heart rate, your yeah. bad cholesterol, right? Activity in your amygdala, like all these really important things yeah. that all it takes is intent and time. Yeah. You know what people tell me? They don't have time. And I say, check your check your screen time yeah. and divide that by 100. And also, I think, I mean, that just sparked the idea, you know, in, in the classrooms, for example, that's a, a huge barrier for a lot of educators that we hear is a lack of time. Like they mm. don't have time to practice self-care sure. and things like that. And 
I think it's we have to challenge those because there I is agree. time. Your example of sitting at the table with the children, there's time to practice exactly. mindfulness right there. It's it's being present. It so is. technically, we do have we, lots and yeah, lots of time. Yeah, we have actually nothing but time. Yeah. But the problem is when the average human, you know, and again, this the data doesn't lie, right? Two-thirds of the population do not get the recommended sleep. Not having sleep, right, chronic sleep loss, is one of the number one indicators for disease. Yeah. Okay, no, stress, chronic stress is the number one indicator. Oh. You know, one of my best buddies who everyone, including our, you know, him and I, we have the strongest bromance of any people I've ever met in my life. Amazing. Okay? And he's, like, also a big jack dude. He's probably 6'2", <laughs> walks around 210. Yeah. Like, just mean, has cauliflower ears, right? Oh. Just, and a beauty of a human, oh, right? Amazing. So him and I met each other, and it was instant connection, Yeah. right? So I met him through jiu-jitsu. He coaches boxing. And so he is a, a tactical lead, okay, and goes into the jails, like, when stuff's going down. Yeah. Okay? And he said to me, Mike, if I can do your technique of breathing in and noticing my emotions and breathing out and acknowledging what's here, yeah. when I'm with literally my life's at stake, right? Yeah. I've done the same with police officers and you know, yeah. first, all first responders, yeah. but he's practiced it. Wow. You know, when people DM me and say, this thing didn't work, I'm like, you heard me talk yesterday, dude. <laughs> like, try it for three or four weeks. Yeah, it's, it's, not, not, a one and done. it's not a one and done. It's not you know, a one and done. You know, when I used to work done. in addiction <laughs> counseling, it's the same thing. Yeah. I would get a call from Mary yeah. and Mary be like, you've seen my son Jacob or Edward or whoever, fill in the blank, and he's still smoking weed. I was like, Mary, I've seen Jacob twice yeah. okay, for a total of 90 minutes. You've had him for 16 years. Yeah. There's a big – it takes time, Yeah. okay? This is not an app. This is not Amazon. And you have to think about how long your brain has been thinking that way for myself. Like, exactly. I've been on this earth for 25 years now. Right. And I'm like, so, of course, it's not going to change in a day, in a week. Like, that is barely a percentage of my life. Exactly. Yeah. You, ha you have to rewire your brain, and it's so hard. And it takes time. And especially as adults. Like, totally. For adults, like, rewiring the brain, the neuroplasticity, it's really difficult to mm. do. And so it's not an easy task to, to overcome all. that. And I think that's why, you know, talking about this to the educators and mm -hmm. to the early year sector yes. is so important because they have that impact to be able to teach the children that have very, very malleable brains. Right. And they can really make an impact starting from that young of an age. Totally agree. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's the thing where it, I think the barrier for many people is the idea that this is going to take lots of time and they don't have time. Yeah. But it's more how they're looking at their time. Because mm -hmm. the reality of this is, is if people are being honest, they don't want to make the time for themselves. Yeah, that's a hard conversation to have to people. Yeah. So they say, Mike, blah, blah, and they give me the whole story, and I yeah. say, listen, like if I can make time for myself, yeah, I promise you, you can make time for yourself. Mm -hmm. And they go, yeah, but you did, did you make your own schedule? Yeah, which means I work twenty four hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I work my own schedule. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah. yesterday, I put in an automatic email response. For Friday, so I'm, and I told people I'm not answering emails till Tuesday, just because I need a break yeah, from being on boundary. all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's and I'm really good at that. I'm really really good at that now. Before I would work, I would my bank account, emotional bank account, would be like minus a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and I would just keep going, right? And I'd be and I'd be going more into like emotional debt, right? Yep. Whereas now, if I'm not at eighty percent, I do not work mm -hmm. because I used to work at a deficit all the time. Yeah, and people say to me all the time, like all the time. Well, that was my rule. It never worked. I'm like, well, that should be a red light. Yeah. Going off in your mind saying, what are we doing here? Yeah. Some people say to me, 
I was doing a workshop for a school board, I won't say which one, recently. And this person stood up and said, well, 17 years, blah, 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 months until I retire. And I said, if my child is in your classroom, I'd be really ticked off, to be yeah. honest, if that's your mindset. Yeah. Because that sounds like a jail sentence. I've worked with men and women, go- or mainly men, going into jail. Yeah. That was their sense. That was their idea, too. Yeah. And it's not a great one to have. Right? But this is the problem. I think the idea with many people is that the future offers an idea things will be better. Yeah. Or that they'll have hope. Mm-hmm. You know, often, I've worked with, recently, because of COVID, a lot of people retiring early. Yeah. And then, guess what? Call on me. Because why? <laughs> well, now there's a sh- different type of stress. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, I was... I was an executive for 15 last 15 years or I was an educator for 30 years mm-hmm. and my day was filled for this long yeah and now I don't know like now I'm just worried about this and worried about that and worried about this and yeah. da, 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 da. I'm like yeah guess what like John Kabat-Zinn said years ago when I took that course with him he said your mind is like this never-ending sawmill yeah and you just cut logs all the time and no matter what logs you're cutting eventually they'll cut and eventually there'll be more to cut yeah and and it's never-ending yeah so these people that are retiring, they're like, yay, freedom, up to work, no stress, yeah. like da-da-da-da, and it's like, eh, wrong. Yeah. Like, now you can worry about something else. Yeah, I feel like that is me right now because mm. I yesterday was the last day that I was on campus for my undergrad. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so all done that, and then now I was like, I'm so used to having my days like completely Ex- filled to the brim. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't like sitting with myself. Exactly. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Yes, your schedule might be up to you right now. You don't know. Something new is going to come up. Your soccer is starting back up. Just like enjoy the moment. Like, right. Breathe for a minute. Totally. <laughs> but we get so used to like that idea of like going, yeah. going out, right? And that's, I think that's the big issue is that if you look at the time, that we spend in bed, which is roughly a third right, yeah. of our life. And I typically don't say sleep because most people, a lot of people, have issues sleeping. Yeah. Right? They wake up, 2.30, 3.30, they can't go to mind, bed because their mind's like, let's yeah. think about all these things. Tomorrow this, meeting at 2 o'clock, yeah. I'll say this, she'll say that, I'll say What's this back dinner? to her. What did I have yeah, exactly. yesterday? It's just what like did I have never ending, right? Yeah. But then it's like the people that are here, so the other two-thirds of their life, what the data recently says is that 49.6% of the time, they're in the future or past. So a third of your gig, you're in bed, a third of this gig on here, you're like in the future or past, that leaves us with like a third of our time to be present, Yeah. which is kind of scary. And the, we really can't change the sleep thing, but we can change how often we're in the future or past. Mm-hmm. Right? So if the average human takes on a regular practice where they spend a little bit, three minutes a day, let's say, Yeah just asking themselves, how am I doing, or focusing on their breath, or mm-hmm. on their drive to work, brushing their teeth. Like yeah. something they're already doing, to kind of blow up that idea, I don't have time, Mike. Okay? Yeah. Like, what, do you brush your teeth? Do you shower? Yeah. Right, like try something as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Right? And they, people can do that, but they'll, they won't want to, because again, they like using that time to like solve world issues yeah. or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're like, how am I gonna become a rock star? Yeah, how can I do that? A, we go to autopilot fairly quickly, yeah. right? Like if I go to autopilot, my fingers know what to do almost automatically on my phone. Yeah. Right? Of like opening email, DMs, yeah. boom, boom. And I can say it's work related, but it's also just boredom related. Yeah. Right? And your brain's the same way, right? No question. You have quiet time, your brain's like, okay, let's think about every exactly. single thing that we can right now. Yeah. 
right? And and I think most people, if they're if they're being truly honest with themselves, I think the idea of being still and the idea that their mind eventually can slow down doesn't seem realistic for them. Yeah, it's very daunting. It is very daunting because yeah. the average person will sit down and just look at the to to do list they have to do. Yeah. Like my God bless my wife, but like my wife Jen, right? Yeah. Who is you know, extremely science-based, master in science, you know, mm-hmm. extremely linear. I call yep. her, her and her family robots with hearts. <laughs> okay, sorry, messy family, but you know, it's true, okay? Like, I know those types of people. Yeah, and I love them, I'm married to one, <laughs> yeah. right? But I would tell her when I was first getting this, hey, honey, I think you need to meditate. And she's like, I don't have time for that, yeah. right? Even when I'm le- teaching meditation full-time, I'm like, yep. hey, honey, like, I think you meditate. I don't have time for that, right? But then as I started doing more like webinars and stuff, she'd be at home from some of them and like listen to what was yeah. going on. She's like, I think I'm gonna start to meditate. Yeah. You know, like Jen meditates more at night than I do for sure. Yeah. Now, right? So it's cool to kind of see her practice evolve. Yeah. Right, as a human who loves her. But most importantly, like looking at my kids, right? And how yeah. both are meditating since they're three. They've mm. seen like you, like Yeah. And and children, they learn from what they see, what they hear. Totally. What's well, uh, in COVID, I was taking my kids out. You know, we, we had a pretty fun time. My wife's clinic shut down, so she wasn't working, and I couldn't be a public speaker, <laughs> right? So I just <laughs> yeah, kind of it was a little hard. Too. Yeah, a little hard to go into buildings and talk publicly. Yeah. So one time we were walking my dog, Gunner, and we were by the festival. Like we live right, we live in Stratford. We live right by the festival theater. So we were, you know, their kids were like going down a hill that was made from like shoveling snow, right? Yeah. From accumulation of snow, and my youngest fell because he's like a little meatball, right? And he like fell and like, you know, it was like a yard sale and all this stuff went flying. So like I ran up because I thought he was hurt, yeah. right? It's kind of like my role as a Which dad. is okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is okay. Too. So then I go down on my knees and I bend down to go like get him. And my dog Gunner like falls off my leaf, leash, but he's like, or falls my, the leash falls off my hand. But he's like, he's so well, he's really well trained. And he, and as I'm like tending to bow, Gunner kind of prances up to like this little, like little tiny dog. And like you know, sniffs it where they do, and then the d- little dog turned back and like bit at Gunner, right? And Gunner is like the German shorthaired pointer, like he's a pretty big dog. Yeah. So Gunner like like looked at it, like what are you biting me for, man? And like <laughs> this dog had a knitted sweater on. Oh uh, my this goodness! Is great. <laughs> and he grabbed the sweater, and he like went like this, right, with it, and the lady lost it on me. Like, I've never been yelled at in my life ever like this. I was debating taking out my camera and filming it because I went yeah. viral for sure, but I didn't think that was the best. You know, I have, like, yeah. some experience in crisis management, so yeah. I know, like, You're like, all right, it. okay. So I just did my breathing, right? Yeah. I did my breathing. And she's like, you mother beeper, and give me your number. And I'm like, I'm not giving my number, yeah. right? I told my kids to kind of back away. And she was yelling at me in every swear word in the book and, like, really aggressive. And I was like, you know, she's, like, half my size, right? And... I said, okay, like, I understand why you're upset, but, like, I was tending to my son, like, your dog's fine, da 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 but nothing I was saying was rational reasoning, right? Yeah. So I just like, okay, this is really, give me a really good story for my next webinar or, like, my next t- talk, right? Yeah. So I back away, and my oldest, Dexter, right away goes, Daddy, you handled that so well. She was, like, saying F this and F that, and you yeah. were just, like, breathing in, like, yes. And they go, I bet she doesn't know that you're mindful, Mike. And I said, I don't, I don't know I don't she think does, so. But it's funny because that was early COVID and both my kids were telling that story and my wife was like, this like this is how we model stuff, yeah. right? Through the experience. Like this wasn't something I told my kids. I've been talking about meditation forever for them, yeah. right? But for them to see like actually someone lose it on me yeah. 
and for me to just kind of like mellow out and chill with it yeah. is radically different because old Mike would have handled that situation way differently, different. way differently. Right. And to me, that's the most important thing with this is yeah. that like, regardless if you are an educator, right. If you're a parent or a guardian, right. Anyone, if you model the behavior and it's a learned experience, it's so much easier than to teach it. And it's so much easier to like yeah. to do it. Yeah. My biggest passion in the work right now is really helping people develop the language to be kind to themselves yeah. and talk to themselves with, with love and compassion. Yeah. Like they would to someone that they actually care for. I mean, for me, that was always a challenge too because I felt that, you know, then you're putting yourself on a higher pedestal and that's just not the case. And mm -hmm. I know now when I'm present in the moment, when mm -hmm. I'm actually like being compassionate with myself, mm -hmm. like I'm the best version of myself exactly. for those that are around me. Exactly. So it's a win for everyone. Well, it, it, it's like, it's the biggest win. People I work with know me, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't want a watered down version of me. No. If I'm not here, like at my 80% to be with people, my air mask is on and I can be there with them. It's really hard for me to hear them and and process what might be the best possible help for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think being able to do that the last you know 15 years or so has really helped me be better at what I do. Mm -hmm. Because I think I used to spend most of my time kind of going in and out of present, not present, present, not present, yeah. like present, future, present, past. past. Am I doing a good enough job? Yeah. Does this person even like me? This is stupid. This job, oh my God, it's only 9.30. I have to work till five. Like yeah. I just get caught in all of those thoughts, yeah. right? Whereas now I find like I have those thoughts, but I'm easy, I'm able to direct them back to come back more mm -hmm. and I don't add to them. Yeah. Right. The past, I used to add to them. Yeah. Like you see it, you're like, yeah, okay. That's a thought. That's, that's done. It. Rather than being like, yeah, that's a thought. Now that's going to make me think about this and then bring me to thinking about this and that. And totally just spiral. And the spirals usually where people add fuel to the fire yeah. and then we leave the situation even more stressed about something that probably is never going to happen. Yeah in the way that you fear about it. Yeah. Right. So that to me is like more of like the skill set of let's train our minds to come back. Yeah. Right. When, when you're at home on a Sunday and you're worried about short staff or you're worried about you know, that parent looked unhappy and I know they want to probably talk to me and da, 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 mm -hmm. da. And you've made this up in your mind that is adding more suffering to your current situation. That's typically, in my opinion, unnecessary. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can't can, do anything about it right now. You can't. Yeah. It's, I say to people all the time, that's a future mic problem. And until that version happens, then I'll deal with it. Yeah. Because usually when stuff happens, I'm really good at dealing with it when it happens. I'm not good at dealing with it six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when it didn't happen yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that mindset can be used in anything. Yeah. And it's not this thing well, laissez-faire, like, oh, who needs a plan for the future? Everything's going to work out great. Like it's not, I don't have this like fake positive attitude about things. I think it's more just a training of like, is am I making this situation worse? Yeah. Because most people want to get crap done, right? They're like, yeah, but I'm sad. That's not good. It's yeah. like, mm. Mm. we have this like red alarm that goes off if someone's sad. Yeah. And the reality is we are the weather system. We are. Right? Yep. And we go from sad to anger, from anger to joy. Fair, like if we let it go, it will go. Yeah. But the problem is when we get sad or anxious, we typically can get into a space where we are then like, why am I so sad and anxious? Yeah. And we add to it. And when we constantly are asking why, 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 in my experience, we're never dealing with like what? Yeah. You know, for me, if one of my kids come to me and say, daddy, I'm really sad, of course I'll ask them like why it happened. Yeah. But maybe they don't know what happened. Maybe yeah. they woke up on a Monday and they just feel low energy. Maybe, maybe they don't know that their diet and their exercise level and their sleep affects them. Yeah. And they don't know why they're sad. Yeah. 
I don't want my kids searching for reasons why they're sad and making up narratives. Right. Like I'd rather them be like, hey, I don't know, nothing happened to me directly that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. Like nothing happened with a friend or my parent. I just kind of feel sad today. You know what I would tell them? That's okay to be sad, man. Yeah. Like I would hold them and I would hug them. Yeah. And that tell sadness. Tell me what you need. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think about that all the time. That, you know, when I'm experiencing the roller coaster of life and being a, you know a parent and a father mm -hmm. and a partner and a son and you know a teacher to to many yeah. right that it gets into this place where I often don't like being sad or frustrated either. Yep. But guess what? It's a part of the dit. It's a part of the gig. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like when I'm sad, I go like this, noticing the sadness. Yeah. Acknowledging the sadness. Well, that is not as fun as no acknowledging this love or joy yeah the downside of being aware is being aware yeah the upside to being aware is it being aware yeah. anyone that i ever know that's done an eight-week program or has a committed program mm -hmm. it's changed their life problem is is showing up constantly yeah. it is hard it and it shouldn't be easy no it shouldn't be easy you know Not i say to people if i like if i didn't have stuff to work on i don't know if i'd be happy in this life yeah i have limited time on this earth yeah i want to learn as much as i can about things i'm interested in yeah and i like to test that on myself and if it works then i give it to humans and yeah. i've made a career doing it so far right <laughs> I think you've done a really successful <laughs> job with that yeah you know people are like yeah why'd you write a book i'm like i was literally bored yeah you know, like, why not oh, yeah it's like i thought it was a good idea <laughs> it worked out <laughs> like okay there you, you go. know but i really i really find that to be true that you know, often people say to me, "Oh my God, you're so lucky to like have your job, your own job." I'm like, listen, luck has nothing to do with what no, I you do. You put in the work. It's the energy. Yeah. Right. Like, like I don't typically teach from a place of, "Hey, I read this and it works." I teach from a place of like, "This is what I've used." Yeah. And it works. And, and I, I think, think that's, that's the number one thing that connects with people. Yeah, I think that's so much more impactful than someone reciting what they read in a textbook. Totally. And I think that's what makes you approachable, your mm. practice approachable. And what probably makes it so successful is people can relate and they look at Mike and they're like, I can relate to that's him. A, that's exactly He understands it. me. Well, that, that's the number one feedback I get from people is like, yeah. this guy's like down to earth. Yeah. Right. That this isn't something where it's like, close your eyes and shut up for an hour every day. And then that's it. Yeah. It's more like, how can we spend these 90 seconds being present so we can maybe train our brain? Yeah. But people say, well, what's Mike do? Oh, he teaches mindfulness, but yeah. like in a practical way. That's what I like. Yeah. Right. Like I like that idea of giving people these tools that they can use without having a to break the bank or, or B in particular without having to dedicate like an hour every day yeah. to a busy human. Cause the average busy human is not going to set aside an hour of meditation a day. Yeah. Even if they need it. Yeah. They're just not. I think this transitions us to a good spot to sure. say that Mike's coming back to join us on June 12th mm -hmm. for an in-person session. Um, at 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And then you will be joining us again in September yeah. on the 25th to do another follow-up. And in between there, we get even more of my... We do. <laughs> we get even more because we're going to have bi-weekly yeah, videos. Yeah, exactly. So, like, what an exciting couple months ahead. It is. And are so lucky. It, and, well, I'm lucky to do this gig, you know what I mean? Because I get to kind of get the feedback from the people, yeah. right? On, like, hey, Mike, can we talk about this? You know, So when we do the talk in um, June... The idea really is, is for me to kind of speak from my experience, but to give people practical tips that they can use yeah. like right away. And then to hear from the people that are there and maybe people who are listening, you know, they can reach out to my website, mindfulmike.ca, right? And say, hey, I'm in this group. I'm looking forward to it. I'd love you to talk about this. Because when I make those videos that are bi-weekly, right, the idea is to make them for the people that are watching them. This, this won't be something that I've already filmed or edited, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I run groups with people, be it eight-week groups, 12-week groups for agencies, 
who's often this like hybrid component because of COVID, yeah. where I'll be there in person like we are, and then has them online, where I might do, in this case, a short video bi-weekly that's just like, hey, let's talk about how to use mindfulness when you're being present with a child, or mindfulness for sleep, yeah. or you know, mindfulness for more of like a workout for your mind and help you with your thoughts, or mindfulness and emotions. And the idea is to plant these seeds not so maybe everybody likes all the videos, but maybe one connects with them, and then that's when they use until you see my face again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, then we, and then we go again from September. There you right? go. That, that's the kind of cool thing about this is that I can actually work. It's like a working group. Yeah. And the group tells me what they want, and then I build the content around what they want yeah. versus me say, here's eight weeks and just eat it. Yeah. I think that's why we are so lucky to have you because well, – thank you. We're just gonna get every single thing that everyone needs <laughs> and it's gonna be great and we're all gonna grow together. And not only is it gonna help our educators, but it's it's gonna impact our entire community, essentially, because they'll be able to bring their practices to their families, right. to their homes, exactly. to their centers, to the children in their care, and you know, to their colleagues and be like, hey, you should go watch Mike's videos. We talk about this ripple effect, right? That we kind of, we are the pebble, yeah. right? with our compassion that it kind of spreads out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the beautiful thing about this, right, is I always say to people, when people are so thankful of the work that I do, I honestly, honestly look at it this way now, that it's it's what they are doing with like the words or the teachings, yeah. right? It's not like me impacting them, it's them taking like the roadmap I've given them and they're, they're driving it, mm -hmm. right? And that for, for that reason, I used to feel like, when someone say, hey Mike, that teaching helped me so much, it changed my life. I would go home and feel like my heart would explode and I'd feel so happy with my job. But when people would say like, yeah, that meditation isn't helping, I'd be like, oh, I'm such a bad teacher. Yeah. And I realized like, it's not really my thing, No. right? It's like people don't teach meditation for literally thousands of years. Yeah. This is something that hopefully I can bring in an avenue that's mm -hmm. very niche to a certain, you know, wide range of humans, right? But find it in how it connects with them. Yeah. And they can take it and make it their own. So exciting. I wish we could talk about this forever. Like, well, I feel we like we could one. go on and yeah. on and on. But I think we are over time. So we Ooh, might shocker. have to. Yeah. <laughs> we I, knew this was going to uh, happen. Yeah. I'm like, if we go under three hours, it's yeah. going to be a good one. Like, I just know. giving me a mic is real dangerous. Um, my mind is going everywhere. I'm thinking about everything that I want to keep talking about. But I'm going to be in the moment. I recognize okay. that, you know, we're, com we're coming up on our time. But. We get to have you again. So yeah, I'll be back. It, it has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, and thank I thank you. you so much for coming and, and chatting today. And I feel so inspired. I'm going to keep practicing. Well, that's the so, deal. And yeah. you know, if people have our questions, they can check them out on my website for sure. I'm yeah. really good at getting back to people, right? Especially throughout the, we're doing the program. Yeah. If you go to mindfulmike.ca, hit contact Mike, or you can DM me at mindfulmassey, M-A-S-S-E. But uh, I'm, I'm really good at getting back to people if they have questions about their practice, in particular, if they want it look at like how can they expand it or maybe any obstacles Amazing. that they're meeting because most people as you know see walls but they're really windows and they just need someone to say like hey yeah. try this out yeah. hey look at it this way amazing cool. okay well i think that's a wrap so thank you for all being right, thank my you. first guest yeah, my, yeah awesome thanks everyone peace and love and all <laughs> that jazz you. see everyone thanks so much for listening you can connect with us on Instagram at Leading Inspired Learning Pod or on our website at striveswo.ca slash podcast. I would love to have you tell a friend or colleague about this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please join us next time.